Show episode 56. I hope you are doing great today. My name is Emilie Plamondon and I love to spread my passion for punk rock music with you every week. I'm Quebecoise, so pardon my French. Today my guest is a wonderful artist and amazing new man that I like a lot, Yotam Denarin of Useless IB. We had such a great conversation, honestly it's one of my favorites so far. You'll hear one of his new songs and I'm also gonna be punk man you the band Yotimo Recurso from Spain. So be ready punk rockers because the show is starting right now and I'm on fire. Bonjour punk rockers! I'm super happy to present you the episode 56 today. It's gonna be a very amazing episode in my opinion. <laughs> I love all the episodes I made, but I think this one is really good too. <laughs> I had such a beautiful night last night and I was really excited to talk to you about that today. I'm still on a high! So for the context, I'm recording this episode on Saturday afternoon and last night was Friday night, of course. I went to a show at my favorite venue in Quebec City called Lanty. It was a, a double album release party for the bands Still Insane and Our Darkest Days. Both are from Quebec City. And they both recently released new great albums. And if you don't know those bands, Still Insane is a punk rock band that reminds me a lot of Gutter Mouth and Our Darkest Days is a fast, melodic, skate-punk band. And the opening band for the night was Hated 2, one of my favorite local bands. They also are playing skate-punk, fast and technical. And what I, like, what I like the most about this band is the bass! Oh my god, the bass player Stefan is totally my favorite bass player in the world. Yes, I know it's a big statement. But listen to Hate It Too and you'll understand and you should also watch some uh, live footage of the band because they are great! Also, Our Darkest Days invited me to sing on their song Silence is Golden. On the album, it's Geir Peterson of the band Adesivo singing, but since he's in Sweden, maybe it was a little complicated to make him travel just for one song. <laughs> so I was honored they asked me and I hope I didn't make him um, ashamed of me. <laughs> Also, Our Darkest Days invited my friend Valérie Morin uh, to, to do some piano on the stage. That was great. I love the mix of punk rock and piano. Um, so, And she's also playing on their album. So she made an intro and outro. She's my biggest inspiration for piano playing. She's a great human. So I was happy that Our Darkest Days invited us both on the stage with them. More women on the stage. Yeah. So it was definitely a great night. I saw a lot of friends. Some people from Montreal were there. Some friends I haven't seen in like two years and a half now. So it was, it was really, really amazing. And tonight I'm gonna watch another show. I have a friend's dinner first. But after that, I'm gonna go to La Source de la Martinière, which is another great venue in Quebec. And I'm gonna watch the band Sudden Wave. So it's more like a hardcore punk, post-hardcore uh, band. I really like this band. They are so great. What a wonderful Easter weekend with lots of punk rock. Hmm. I also wanted to talk to you about two things I got addicted to this week in the past few days. The first one is the new uh, Willem Scream album, Lose Your Delusion. 
Oh my God, it's incredible. I love it so much. The song Yo Canada is probably my favorite. I think they created some genius melodies once again. I love the vocals um, a lot, <laughs> of course, and all the technical parts. Wow, I can't wait to hear those songs live in May. The only little thing I like a little less about the album is the long intro at the beginning. I think it's like almost two minutes before it starts. <laughs> So I think it got me a little impatient at first, maybe because I was so happy to hear the new album. I was like, come on, guys, start the album now. <laughs> But at the same time, I know that a lot of people truly enjoyed it. So it's a matter of taste. And the second thing I was addicted about, uh, addicted to, uh, it's the new Interrupter song, In the Mirror. Mm, the, the video is amazing. The song is so catchy. And at the end of the song, when Amy is yelling, it's so powerful. I got some shivers. Wow, I love this band. And I can't wait to hear their new album in August. It's going to be called The Wild. And I'm impressed by how 2022 is a great year for punk rock and ska music. Yeah, so far. <laughs> But I'm confident about the rest of the year, of course. And now it's time to start this episode. Maybe it was already started, but I think that my intro and when I talk about my life, it's not really the episode. <laughs> so let's start now. <laughs> my repunkmentation for today is for the band Ultimo Recurso from Spain. They were formed in 2013 and are playing some great melodic hardcore punk songs. It's very powerful. They often talk about the various victims of the system in their lyrics. It's a very great band to discover. Let's listen to their song Poeta Muerta, Patricia Eras, that talks about that poet woman, Patricia, being arrested and imprisoned for a crime she didn't commit. So the police arrested her, uh, saying she was like a queer and punk. And what's really sad is that she killed herself after um, receiving a three years jail order. And it's so sad. Uh, they also have a song about George Floyd and about some other victims of injustice and abuse. So good job, guys, to speak about those important topics. We can find those songs on their album, Memoriandum de Combat. It's really good. I strongly repunkment. <laughs>
oscuro y gris Puedo enloquecer Mi ventana es quise abrir Voy a Present you the interview with Yotam. I want to welcome our new patrons, Emily and Jeff from Double Elix Records. That's great. A label subscribed to the Patreon. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Um, so they are an independent record label based in Phoenix, Arizona, in the US. Their favorite bands are Melancholy, Pennywise, The Adderis, and Useless ID. So I think they're gonna like this episode for sure. And if you want to support the podcast, I suggest you to subscribe to the Patreon. Even if it's just for one month, you'll have access to all my Zoom interviews, videos in advance, the priority for questions um, to my guests, some newsletters and other fun stuff. Uh, the link is in the show notes. It's, in my opinion, the best way to support the podcast. And I want to say thank you to all the 19 Patreons. It makes me so happy and it allows me to cover um, a good part of the feed. Eventually, my biggest dream would be to make enough money so I can drop a day of my day job to spend more time researching and upgrade the quality of this podcast. Yeah. Hey, punk rockers! Do you like bands like Voodoo Glow Skulls, Willem Scream, Mute, Implants, Darko, Police, Cigar, Tsunami Bound, Big Nindicate Stable, Adrenalize, Racket, Dead Fucking Last, Much the Same, and many more? Are you obsessed with band merch like I am? <laughs> If yes, press pause on this episode and go on epicmerchstore.com. They offer t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, hats, and kids merch for more than 230 punk rock, ska, metal, and hardcore bands from all around the world. And they now have mugs. Yeah, wow, the coffee's gonna be great. Go get your merch at epicmerchstore.com. Interview. What a great conversation I had with Yotam of Useless ID. In my opinion, Yotam is a complete artist in the way that, yes, he's He sings, he plays instruments, he's a songwriter for a band, for a solo project. He's also producing music for other great artists. So I, I'm very impressed by all of this, to be honest. So we talked about his new upcoming solo album, Touring Life, his production work, some feelings about music in general, living at Fat Mike's punk rock community during pandemic. <laughs> Some insightful moments he had in a Ferris wheel and so much more. So I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoy doing it. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm fine and you? Good. 
Good. I'm Just... sorry for the problems with time and. <laughs> That's okay. Am I too loud on your side? No, it's uh, honestly, it's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me fine too? Yeah, it's just a bit low, but if, oh, if I higher the volume, then I'm going to hear overhear myself. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, but I, I think on the computer, it's going to be fine. Okay. okay. Yeah, good. So thank you for being here. Yes, thanks for inviting me and uh, good morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I woke up like a, not a long time ago, <laughs> but yeah. I, I had time to make coffee. Cool. So you're uh, one of these people that can talk in the morning because some people ha need to drink coffee and be with themselves for two hours and, uh, until they no, talk to someone. No, I'm pretty happy right away, but uh, I might have a shitty English <laughs> before uh, I finish my coffee. That can happen. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so where are you on this planet right now? Because I know you were getting married. I know you're from Israel. But right yeah, now, yeah. where are you? <laughs> I'm in Israel right now. I was okay. in uh, Cyprus like a week and a half ago. And uh, we did the deed. And it was wonderful. And we stayed for a bit. But actually, I'm flying again to Cyprus tomorrow and continuing to Italy. It's like two flights. Oh. And then, yeah. So we're going to be together for i don't know as long as uh, we can before i go on tour <laughs> yeah so it's but yeah if, uh, i i i don't I, it's kind of weird that there is tour uh now because i got used to the fact that there's that you don't tour anymore you know so it, even the tours that you book get canceled yeah uh, so so it's interesting i'm, I'm looking forward to it I, i can't believe it's happening yeah i know it's crazy did you like buy the Uh, during pandemic, did you rearrange all your schedule, all, all your projects? So now it feels like overwhelming <laughs> to go to tour or getting back to normal life. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, it, it's weird. Like I, I've done like a few different recordings with a few different uh, projects, you, you know, in, including uh, what we did with Useless ID. Yeah. But be besides Useless ID, I have this hardcore band called Spit, mm -hmm. which uh, we we recorded that uh right like uh, i don't know like a, a few weeks before my solo album but that's coming out but the spit thing has been pushed back so far it's going to come out at like the end of the year and uh i got i had some i had some luck with my solo album and with uh, finding the right people that really believe in it and we've found a way to press a record but i i thought this album was going to come out in like 2024 you know oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i you know <laughs> I have a hard time with that because I, I create all the time and the, the songs I'm going to write in a year and a half probably won't resonate the same as uh, what I just did now. So having that come out in two years, I'm just going to be over it. So I was yeah. looking for creative ways done to get it out like by now. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That Because, yeah, I totally understand that. And you're the first one who, who tells me that, like... In two years, in three years, if the release is it's gonna be later, I might not be into those texts or pla or or songs. So that's very interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, thought about I, that. it happened to me. It happened to me a few times in the past where I was like sitting for a while on a record, and like another year passed, and another year. And by the time I put it out, my head was somewhere else, and and I just felt like okay, I have to promote this album, but uh, I, yeah. I wasn't really. You know what I mean? It's like you don't want too much time to pass from like I think a, a year is healthy. Uh, that that way you could like still 
fiddle around with the mixes and like kind of like uh make peace with what you did and live with it for a while but more yeah. than that is yeah, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, a, a year is perfect. It's like I assume all those songs after a year, I still, yeah, I still resonate, but it's not, it's still accurate. <laughs> yeah, and uh, certain labels uh, that I spoke to, and you know, I, some of them were like well known. They told me that uh, 2024 is the best time to talk, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm gonna have other music by 2024. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're very creative. But do you think that? that happens that uh, that the need to release it quickly because i i saw you play solo once uh i think it was four years ago in quebec city and i yeah, yeah. i really felt that you sing with your heart and i know it Thank might you. it might sound cliche but you're one of the people that i truly felt it live so do you think wow it, do you think Thank that you so much might be a, yeah you were talking about super personal stuff between the songs and i was really impressed that the the room was the venue was super quiet and we were just like listening and it was a very personal vibe so i thought like okay this guy sings with his heart like big time so maybe it's an explanation why you need to release it as, as soon as you write yeah I, uh, that show you saw me at i was still in this kind of like bubble where I, for a mm -hmm. few years i was just on the road like nonstop. And kind of uh, just just live living this uh, traveler life, like yeah. you know, a hundred percent with everything that goes with it. But, but I I was uh, well, I didn't declare myself as a homeless person, but for 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 a while I was I was homeless. That, I was just yeah. like in the, in the states, sleeping in in the car I bought and sleeping at people's houses and and oh. just experience. Yeah, a listener and, asked me to ask you if you remember sleeping in a closet at the fest in the US oh, in the, yeah, in the Airbnb. <laughs> yes, uh, both both Paula, uh, my wife, and I, we both slept there. That's uh, that's the first time she came with me on tour. It was uh, 2000 and I think it was late 2017. It was uh, in Florida. We, we yeah. just didn't have a place to sleep. And um, the first night we slept outside of a Uh, outside of a Walmart in um, my friend's car, like the guy who was touring with us, uh, Seth Anderson, he he had a place to sleep, so he left us his car and we. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we slept outside Walmart, and we're both looking at each other. I'm like, we better find a place for tomorrow. Living so, your best life in a Walmart parking. Yeah, and I and you know, the touring with Useless ID, uh, I've gathered this experience of. Uh, not having a place to sleep and just coming up to people, you know, it's like survival mode. So yeah. I, I just, I just found people that I've known from the scene and uh, it was uh, a bunch of people from, uh, I think they were from Colorado, Colorado yes. and, and, uh, and Wyoming. And, you know, yeah, and I asked him, the guy, asked him uh, I, the guy who told me that story is from Colorado. His name is yeah, Ben. Yeah, okay. Hi Ben. So you said you were kind of almost homeless. So it reminds me this, this question. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so exactly. So, and, and then we slept on this, uh, uh blow up mattress uh, in a closet and it, it was nice. They were cool with us and uh, yeah. we totally appreciated it. That's really Helped punk. <laughs> <laughs> punk rock, right? Yeah. I'm curious because I don't talk to a lot of people from Israel. I, I talked with, uh, Sima Brahmi 
from that on yeah. tour. And uh, so I'm curious to hear what were your first influences when you were young, like your, your first punk rock influences, and how was the scene uh, in Israel when you grew up? Okay, well, I didn't really grow up in Israel. I grew up oh. in the States. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm from, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. So oh, I moved. never mind. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so never mind the question. No, <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I moved to Israel with my family when I was 14. Oh, and, uh, I thought it yeah, was way later. I thought you were like adult because I knew you were in the States. But okay, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up in the States, you know, formative years. But then it was like uh, chopped in half. Uh, you know, my reality completely changed. It was starting yeah. from from nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I was into whatever like whatever was on like MTV, but I wasn't like an MTV kid. I was always looking for something that was like more. Uh, whether you know, I uh, I was into hip hop, and then and then once Nirvana came out, so I was like, oh, this is this is what this is it. But I couldn't find any bands that sounded like them, so I kept searching and searching and. Mm -hmm. And I, I found punk rock, but I didn't find the scene in Israel yet. And I think it was uh, towards the end of the first year where I heard some names of like local bands. And it, I was just, like uh, instantly uh, interested in like, I was like, wow, I, I got to find these kids because, you know, they were pretty much my age. And I didn't have a band yet. I only played guitar, but they were already in bands with like other 15 year olds. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, The next, the following school year, uh, I, there was this kid in my class that was a skateboarder. So, so we had this like little uh, thing that the teacher did on the first day. She had us all sit in a circle and talk about like, you know, uh, say our names and uh, what music we listen to. Just, you know, like kind of like uh, get, get the kids yeah. to be friends <laughs> with each other. So one of the kids says it, said that he listened to rap and hardcore. So In recess, I asked him what's what's hardcore, and then you know, and then it's the world started opening. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you found a whole universe. Yeah, yeah. So it, he started giving me like Black Flag tapes with like Bad Religion on the other side, and then you oh. know, and that led to uh, and then Green Day was coming out at the time. So he told me, oh, never mind this new Green Day. There's older Green Day, which is like more punk. Yeah, and uh, so. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I loved Green Day for a very long time, even Dookie, after Dookie, before Dookie. But uh, so, yeah, so he just kept giving me tapes like DRI and uh, Gorilla Biscuits. That's the band that pretty much changed it for me completely. That was like a life changer. Oh. And, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and then, you know, Pennywise and No Effects. And I got just, I was like, holy shit, there's this whole like uh, underground thing that I just, because uh, this was like 1994, 95. So yeah. it was all word, word to mouth. There was no like internet and stuff like that. Oh no, yeah. So. I started with burned CDs. Like when you, yeah, you yeah. would put, <laughs> you would download some songs at the end of, uh, I think it was in 2000, 2001. <laughs> so exactly wow. the same. A friend gave me a burned CD made, a punk rock compilation <laughs> with like early bad religion, no effects. Yeah, so I... I relate to and that. And it blew your mind. Yeah, and at this time, it was like real treasures to have those CDs or cassettes or tapes. Yeah. It was like real thing. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And that, that was the beautiful thing about it because uh, as much as I was kind of like an outcast because, uh, you know, my in, in my uh, normal setting, in my nature, I'm a pretty shy person. I, I just, you know, after years of playing 
on stage mm-hmm. and talking to people. I got out of my shell, but when I was just like, you know, I was pretty shy and I kept to myself. And like, once we had punk rock and hardcore, I felt like it was ours and like, no one can get in and no yeah. one can understand it. So, you know, so along with these kids, uh, a grade above me was, was Ishai from useless ID. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was like this, uh, this kid that used to come to school with like different hair colors all the time and like uh, baggy pants. And so we, I kind of looked up to him. I'm like, I got to be that kid's friend. And then he, he introduced me to other kids and uh, we had this like little, uh, you know, ha- hang. <laughs> yeah. And uh, influences. Good. Uh, and yeah. so how, how, how did the band uh, use ID happen after that? Like, how did you, because you were not there at the total beginning, right? Yes, and uh, neither was Ishai. So I was telling you about these bands that we heard about. Mm-hmm. So Ishai was playing in a local band called Nine One One Pigs, <laughs> and to me, they were the best thing in the world. I I, I used to go to all of their shows uh, anywhere in, in Israel. Like once I uh, went to the first show, and that changed my life. Mm-hmm. So I kept going to like all the shows every weekend. They would play somewhere. So I heard, I heard through them, like through their their friends, that there's this band called Useless ID. But they're known for um, for uh, not showing up. You know, they they book shows and they don't show up and stuff like that. So <laughs> they became like the, these mystery people oh. for me. And they, they said, uh, "Well, you know, the singer guy, he's he he's he was in the states and he saw Pennywise." And I'm like, "Wow, he he saw Pennywise and oh. like he saw Offspring." You know, <laughs> yeah. So we were little kids, and then and then I formed a band, and uh, by our third rehearsal, um, uh, Useless ID was. Uh, was uh was the band that came after us to rehearsal but i didn't know it was useless id but i had a feeling it was them because they came like in these like skate punk clothes and and i asked the guy running the studio what's the name of the band and he said uh zero zero you know like toilet oh oh yeah <laughs> he said uh they booked themselves on i don't even know if it was a joke but i, I was like i have a feeling this is useless id and then a uh, guy up. showed up in his like <laughs> army uh army clothes because he was still uh, serving in the military oh. and uh, and he he said hey uh, you kids could stay you could watch us and hang out and that that became a thing as well and that's where Ishai started showing up and we would just sit and look at these older kids play you know wow yeah Good. that's that's useless id so i i was a fan before and uh, also Ishai. and uh i think uh shortly after um uh the the bass player and the bass player and the guitar player in the band they were brothers mm. so the one the bass player joined the army no wait i think the ba- the bass player joined the army and the the or maybe his his older brother left and so okay. they brought in isha and then and then and then the and then the bass player joined the army and left as well yeah yeah that's what happened so oh. someone left so ishai was brought in and ishai was a bass player so he was brought in on guitar because he was mm-hmm. just talented mm-hmm. and then the bass spot was left vacant so uh i i didn't get it by the way oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the, the bass player from my band got it and then when he joined the army then i got the call and i wasn't a bass player i was just this kid that you know i was like i had ambitions and i just wanted to get the hell out of israel like they did so it was like uh i, I always thought if if i could just get in the in their band somehow and we could like you know together go to the u.s because it i already heard that they have plans to you know finish with the army service uh, guys army service and one-way ticket to the usa and that that was my uh yeah my uh dream at the time you didn't join the army at the time no 
No, I no. didn't join the army, neither did Ishai. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, 100% punk rock. That's yes. what mattered to us. Yeah, yeah, that's my team too. <laughs> mm -hmm. So because the band were very influential in, in Israel. So that's why I, I wanted to know like your first influences. And if you, if you noticed, because... In my perception, useless ID is pretty big, so I wonder if you saw it coming like gradually, and how did you? But but you, you well, told me you were already a fan, so it's great. Like yeah, yeah, I was a fan when useless ID was a local small band from Haifa. But you know, to a 15 year old mind like me, useless ID were Green Day. Exactly. <laughs> it, that that's where you place them when you're that age. But uh, yeah, I, they like only. Uh, well, I joined for a few shows and I had one more year of school to do. And during uh, my school year, they, uh, the original guitar player rejoined the band as a bass player, the one that left. Mm -hmm. He rejoined the band just for the tour. Oh. And uh, they lived in the States for like eight months in the Bay Area and they played all over the place and went to see shows. So I would uh, email, not email, I would uh, write ma a real mail mm -hmm. back and forth with oh. uh, Isha. We were like pen pals. So he would tell me all these stories that are happening there and all these like record stores and uh yeah but but once i did join and uh, once we did go on tour it's like you you know real life kind of hit suddenly i had like this whole fantasy in my head that we're gonna come come to the states and uh, everyone's waiting for us <laughs> you know because <laughs> what 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 do i know I, yeah. you, you don't Th know anything that was your but, perception already that was yeah yeah, yeah. I, I said wow useless idea probably like very big in the u.s because they're living there you know you, you, this stuff doesn't make sense but once we got there we had uh this whole tour booked well the guy that was supposed to book us a tour he had like a he told us that he had like two months of shows booked and we got there and he only booked one show. He just like made, made this t-shirt of all the dates that he was supposed to book, but he didn't book anything. So then it's like reality hit. Ishai was on the phone all day for like a month yeah. getting us shows, like rebooking what this guy didn't do. And then we hit the road and um, yeah. And then it's pretty much, uh, there was a van, so we each gave money on the van. Then you sleep in, uh, you sleep on people's floors. You sleep in the van a lot. You get this whole uh, thing. But to me, that was uh, that was success. That I was like, wow, we did it. Like totally, the four of us left Israel as we intended to do, and you know things just started uh, picking up from there. But it was done with a lot, a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. Like it was just ra random things, like bumping into the Ataris at. at uh, outside this uh, San Francisco club and uh, just talking to them and like giving each other CDs. And, and so that yeah. led to Kung Fu records and, you know, Kung Fu records eventually led to us playing the warp tour. So it was like always moving, but uh, we never had this, like, uh, you know, so we, I don't think we ever like blew up. Mm -hmm. Like we, we did have like the first time in Japan was, uh, was an eye opener because uh, they really accepted us like rock stars. Oh yeah, and 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 we we don't act like rock stars. I don't know. I I don't buy into that whole thing. Like, no, I don't uh, think after, so. Yeah, no. After every show, we're you know we're the first at the merchant merch area talking to everyone, even before the show. Like we we never hide from people. You know, some some bands kind of like keep this uh, mystery going like you can't be outside walking about before the show ah, you're not you know. you're not getting tired of opening bands <laughs> uh, like, opening bands 
Yeah, like like local bands when you tour. Some bands oh, are no, like no, no. Some bands are no. like nah, not interested. No, you're still No, I mean sometimes we hang out in the backstage, but we always listen if someone's yeah. playing on stage and if it sounds like, "Oh, these guys are good," so we we run out and see them. So uh, uh yeah, we're we're always we're always like that. We're never uh you know, just hanging out in the backstage for like four hours and then going on stage, that feels a bit rotten to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also want to talk about, of course, your solo project. During pandemic, I watched a lot of your li uh, your Facebook Live you made. Yeah. It was really that... fun. It was very comforting. So you were Thank playing, you. I think you were playing a mix of Useless ID and your own songs, acoustic. Yeah, uh, I actually stopped playing solo for... Yeah for like a, a year and a half because I, I was living in the States. I was living with uh, Fat Mike for like a few months in his, like he bought this compound and Whoa, a lot of really? people were living there. There was like oh. this little punk rock colony. What? <laughs> Talk to me about that. I didn't know. That's I'll, great. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> But yeah, so I did that for three months and uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to base myself in the U.S. during that time and get mm -hmm. get, get it going because uh, uh I had just been touring for so many years and I, I think I just needed a break. And that was, uh, that was this uh, thing that popped up all of a sudden. He's like, uh, now nah, I'm moving to this place. And uh, so, uh, so I, I pretty much, well, I didn't stop completely, but I just like gave the solo thing, like a, a bit of a break yeah. for a while and did some, did some other stuff, like more producing and more yes. like recording. I want to talk yeah. about that too. Yeah. We, we will talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when COVID hit and I was, uh, I, I flew to Israel and, and I was separated at the airport uh, from Paula and oh. uh, just depressed. So I, I just started doing weird things to pass the time. Well, I wouldn't say to pass the time, but I started like, you know, cleaning all these toys that I've uh, <laughs> all these, there were like these wrestlers back in the eighties, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that they're made of rubber. They're like this yeah. and, and <laughs> They've been dirty for like 30 years. And I was like, all right, maybe I could clean it. So I started doing that. <laughs> nice. And then, and then I taught myself a bit of piano and then, and then I, I just, you know, I just thought maybe I should go live and see what happens. And I just felt, uh, first of all, I felt a, a good connection with people I've never uh, met before, mm -hmm. spoken to before. And they thanked me so much for doing it. So I, I just started doing more and more Facebook lives and it became like my, uh, my therapy session. And yeah probably some other people's you know yeah that was very interesting but but okay so you live with in a punk rock colony with fat my uh fat mice <laughs> how <laughs> that can sounds I, crazy can i sign in somewhere or oh well it's not happening anymore <laughs> oh, yeah. um yeah he's he's practically married himself and i think uh the people that live well i i haven't been there in a while so i don't know who's living there if, if anyone other than yeah, yeah. Uh, him and his wife uh future wife But uh, at the time, he was trying to get this like uh, the kind of like a like that song that there's a no effects song, Mattersville, mm. right? Where where he sings about getting old with no effects and living uh, uh, living oh, together yeah. and growing growing uh, old together. <laughs> yeah, w what album is this? Anyway, yeah. So, so that I it. think he was <laughs> he did it for I, real. I, I think he was creating that song and trying to create that song in real life. But I, uh, I left after a few months and uh, some other people kept living there. But it was at the end of the day, it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, there were people coming in and out 
all day and uh, like oh. all night as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, and I I need quiet, you know. So I I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and uh, we'll see where it leads. And then, and at the end, uh, Paula was the one that saved me. She she flew from Italy twice to like visit me, oh. and the second time she showed up, she she really wanted to go to the, the Santa Monica Beach, like Santa Monica Pier. And I was like, I have work to do. I have to finish this recording. He's like, can we please go? I'm flying out tomorrow. So, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And at the end, we went there and uh, we went on the Ferris wheel, mm -hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, this uh, yeah, brings yeah. it back to my solo album. And yeah. uh, the Ferris wheel. Yeah. And the Ferris wheel got yeah. stuck. Uh, we were got we stuck we got stuck at the top and we're looking down and there's the sunset and there's this whole like horizon and I was like, wow, this is this is really what matters to me. Like, it's it's not about, you know, just being there like I, this. Is what matters to me with this person. So that Aww. that's pretty much the reason for this album, to be honest. Wow. OK, so that's <laughs> yeah. that's what triggered the whole process. And that's. Yeah. Oh, and, and so the, the cover art is like actually, oh, you can see. But it's, yeah, yeah, that's it's, the one. Oh, that's the one in Santa we sat, Monica. We, we sat on top of that. <laughs> wow. So, okay. Yeah. So, so you kind of decided you would make this album when you were on top <laughs> this or it no, came no, after. No, 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 no. I, I didn't, I didn't decide on an album because I, I thought, well, I did already three solo albums and, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, may, maybe it's time to do. And then I did the Tommy and June thing with, uh, if you heard about that, that's uh, another project I did with Fat Mike and Johnny from Old Man Markleaf. Oh. Uh, <gasps> So it, I, I kind of like took a little detour from my solo and changed it up with the Tommy and June project. But uh, then when I sat there, it, it just triggered uh, these feelings that mm -hmm. that I thought uh, had gone missing. And I was like, yeah, this is what really matters to me. I'm going to I'm going to fix this uh, relationship I really care about and I'm going to put myself back on my own path and not, you know, someone else's path or someone else's mm -hmm. ideas for me, which, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, I was, uh, with the Facebook lives, I was playing a bunch of new songs as well. And, uh, and I realized that I have enough for an album. So I just waited for everything to open up. And, uh, and I, I, I was also stuck outside the U.S. because my visa expired. Oh, yeah. So I was, wait, I was wait, waiting to get a visa. And I said, the first thing I'm going to do is record these songs. And, and that's what I did. Uh, yeah, exactly one year ago. Oh, oh, so <laughs> and one year and it's going to uh, when is going to be released? When is it going to be released? May. It's, it's being released on May 22. And that's uh, one year after uh, Paula and I. Uh, that's one day after our uh, five year anniversary. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, that's yeah. so meaningful. I yeah, so everything kind of like uh, makes sense. Her in my life, I don't know how to explain it. Like she has such a big part in my in everything now, but also in the creative process. Like mm -hmm. she helped me with the art. The oh, a, a lot of her photos are are in this uh, uh, album cover, and like the songs. You know, it's like just wow. The relationship took took over my music. <laughs> so yeah. so I I hope and and it's more. It's more uplifting and it's uh, not as sad as it was before because I, I was, uh, you know, so I, I, I hope people uh, dig it because yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a different vibe. I can totally feel it's uplifting just by the title, Young Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you choose this title? You had a blast of new energy. 
good mood? No, no. Uh, okay, so I, I, I had a few attempts at writing a new useless idea album. Uh, before COVID, I, I wrote a bunch of songs uh, and some of them were used for the best of we did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I think it was like uh, September. In September of uh, 2020, I was like, I'm going to try to write a useless idea album now. Okay. And then I just, right now. yeah, yeah. And then I just started writing a bunch again. And uh, some of the songs were better than other songs. And, and, and yeah, and they're, they're still existing. They, they haven't been uh, recorded yet. But one of the songs was Young Forever. And I was like, uh, I, I thought about it for Useless Idea. And I was like, nah, maybe it's, it's like one of my songs, but it's like a band song. And I was used to doing acoustic. Mm-hmm. So I decided to keep it for the batch of the recording and see where we, we wind up. And uh, after we recorded, uh, I, I made a sequence um, and I sent it to, to Jason Livermore of the Blasting mm-hmm. Room, who was doing the mastering. And we had Young Forever as number seven. And both him and both uh, Bob, the producer, and another friend of mine, they all said the same thing. Why is Young Forever seven? Young Forever needs to be three. Wow. That's like one of the most powerful <laughs> songs here. And then uh, when I was thinking of a title, I realized that in my other solo albums, uh, in Distant Lover and California Sounds, on both albums, the title track is number three. So I just thought, oh. well, why, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, what else can we expect from this album? Because uh, Young Forever is a, is a single now, so I'm curious to, to know about the other songs. You yeah, talk- well... Um, yeah. So it's uplifting, it's, uh, uplifting, more positive. Can we hear that yeah. from the music too, or it's more about the lyrics? So. Oh, it's about everything. I think it's pretty much uh, the past three, four years of, of my life, and there's a lot of... Uh, Well, there's a few uh, relationship crises in there, you know, because mm-hmm. what, what can you do? But yeah, you know what? I think there's a good balance of like uh, sad, melancholic, but the overall vibe is like when I listen to this album from start to finish, it feels like uh, it's like um, new, like breathing new life into what I'm doing. Like uh, suddenly I, fe- I, I, feel, I feel like really inspired with this album. Nice. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait for it to be released so the listeners can listen to it. It's going to be great. Young heart better find your place in life. Just don't do it like your parents did. Will you give in by the time you're 25? Still going, not feeling alive. Straight painted walls at 2am. We were local heroes for the night. Then the cops showed up and saw dirty hands. Exposing us with a
My mom is calling me. I'll be back. I'm back. So my mom wanted to tell me that she's not sure uh, that we're going to go to our family party tomorrow. That's okay. So yeah, I have some news for you. No Trigger will release a new EP called Acid Lord and it's going to be available on May 20 on Red Scare Industries. The band will also release a full album, Doctor Album. <laughs> That's the title. It's great. <laughs> a little later uh, this year. So I think uh, they are really productive. And the band also released a video for their new song, Anti-Fantasy. I love this. I love the concept and the video. Watch this. The song is a little different from what I'm used to hear from them. It reminds me of some old Sum 41 mixed with some zebra head. I'm excited to hear all this upcoming new stuff. By the way, by the way, yesterday at the venue, they were playing a playlist um, between the bands and they played a No Trigger song. It was like the song Neon National Park. One by one made me happy. Also, I really like my hoodie I got on Epic Merch Store. My No Trigger hoodie. It's really cute. Okay. Speaking of new stuff, the band Pew 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 just released a new song called Drinking in the Park. And it's going to be on their upcoming album, Open Bar. Oh, that's a concept here. Open Bar, Drinking in the Park. Ooh, it's going to be available on May 13th on Dine Alone. There's another great song that had been released very recently. This time it's for the band Counterpunch from Chicago. The song is called Rewire and it's great. I can't wait until they release their new album, Rewire, in June on Tyson Islands Records. The band L7 announced they will be reissuing the album Bricks Are Heavy that was originally released in 1982. Uh, so they're going to do that because this album will turn 30 years old very soon. And they're going to play it as it's entirely on their upcoming North America tour in October. Ah, they, they won't come here in Quebec City. The closest would be in New York or Toronto. Whew, I think I'm going to pass. Oh, but I really want to go to New York, though. Hmm. And finally, the band The Venomous Pinks released a video for their new song, Apothecary Ailment. Watch this. This is the end of this episode, Punk Rockers. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Scott Alquist for the edit, to Caroline Morin for the visual, and also to Epic Merch Store because they are our official sponsor. 
you want to help me, please subscribe to your favorite platform so you won't miss an episode and share, share, share it to all your punk rock friends. Tag me on your social medias. My ID is Punk Rockette. And just keep being the best listeners in the world. You can also subscribe to the Patreon or make me a donation on PayPal and buy me a coffee. All the links are in the show notes. Next week! Don't miss the episode because we're gonna talk about horror punk! My guest is Kevin Von Esper and he's working on a documentary about the band Haunted Garage and I learned so many things about horror punk. That was amazing. Until then, punk your life and see you next week! <laughs>